every day you see them walk by. Maybe at work, maybe at the bar on the weekend, or maybe even in your own home. In fact, it's basically unavoidable. Research shows that over 70% of men in the U.S. struggle with things like depression, anxiety, or suicidal thoughts and actions. Even more startling than that, 40% of those will never talk about it to anyone else. Our society is built around this concept that men are not allowed to struggle or show any weaknesses, that we have to have everything figured out by shoving all of our emotions and feelings down so far that we forget they even exist. This is an epidemic that has to end. Please, somebody help me. Welcome to That's Not Going Anywhere, the men's mental health podcast encouraging our listeners to start those difficult conversations, to raise your hand and say, me too. Please sit back, enjoy, and thank you so much for listening and for your support. Hey, y'all. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about intimacy. I'm back with Samantha. Hey, y'all. And this is a topic that is awkward to discuss because typically people associate intimacy just with sexuality. And that is very surface level, I think. That can be considered intimacy, obviously. It's part of intimacy as a whole. Sure. But it is is not the main thing. Correct. I think intimacy would better be described as time with intent. That's the way that I see it, at least, right? It's an action or doing something with the intent of, I am going to make a deeper connection with said person. The way I see it, too, like people talk about how they have chemistry with a person. Any chemist will tell you that in order to keep a reaction going, you have to feed it just right, or it's going to be too much, or it's going to fizzle and die out. Intimacy is like that chemical reaction that you have to feed just right. And if you really, truly want this and you care about this person, that's something that I think you're going to be willing to do. Absolutely. I agree. We'll break it down into three things, right? So we'll talk about intimacy as it relates to a dating slash marriage relationship. We'll talk about it as it comes to a friendship type relationship. And then we will talk about it a little bit as it comes to a spiritual relationship, right? Because those three things have three different primary intimacy factors, right? First one, we'll talk about marriage, which you and I have experience with, oddly (laughs) enough. I think the primary there, at least for most people, is going to be one of two things. It's either going to be quality time or sexual intimacy, probably. I think that kind of started out with us, but I do notice that as you continue your love languages, which is what you're referring to, do change. And I think mine actually changed to gift giving and gift receiving and access service just because that's my role as a mom and wife and homemaker. And when someone steps up and leaves me a little gift or helps me out, it's a big deal to me. Because it shows me that you you see how tired I am or that I need the help. You did this actually with me the other day. 
I was getting ready to go in the morning and I had maybe five, 10 minutes left to spare. I was going to do dishes. And you said, no, I got the kids. You go sit down, take some time for you, which I did. And that helped my brain immensely. Absolutely. And that's the whole idea behind the conversation today too, is what can we do in an intimate way to help those we are married to, to help those we are friends with, and to help our spiritual relationships as well? And yeah, that's one of the things that I'm having to relearn is that what intimacy means and what it looks like and what it feels like and everything like that. Is so. part of that just the bipolar that you've talked about before? Or? No, and it's not anybody's fault or anything like that. It's just that I had a, I would say probably a lot of people, a skewed definition of what intimacy is, right? It's just a connection on a deeper level than, more than a surface level, right? There's more to the iceberg than the top shelf, so -hmm. to speak. I've been lately reassessing and rethinking, okay, what does it actually look like if you're in a position where you can't you know, have sexual intimacy right now, or you can't, in a friendship, you can't be in the same town or city, you can't get together physically only over video games or phone call or whatever that may look like. And I'm just starting to realize how much deeper the word intimacy is than just something more surface level, spending time together or, or whatever that looks like. So that's been interesting to try and relearn that mm-hmm. and understand, not even relearn, I guess learn would be the better word. Now, what Samantha was referring to just a minute ago, I also wanted to touch on, which was the love languages. love languages. We will try and link that in the resources tab on tngacast.com. I'll have a link down below as well. I definitely recommend looking into those love languages because it will help you understand your partner or friends. Even I guess it could a lot better. It's really useful information. Just a little, not hashtag, asterisk there. I just wanted to run by all. And by knowing and recognizing your partner's love language, no matter what they might be struggling with mentally, because you speak to that very specific language, that'll lift them up more than anything and help connect you without necessarily putting pressure on them to do anything. A hundred percent. And that also, I think, gets confused sometime that you have to be doing something. I think a lot of it really has to do with, and that's what those five love languages are talking about, is how can you be intentional? And I think there's a reason those two words are similar, right? Mm -hmm. Intentional and... Intimate. Intimate. Thank you. I forgot the word we were talking about today. Look at me. Yay. We're tired. Yeah, been a long day. Even stuff like this, though, taking the time to sit down and just talk about things Mm -hmm. and just relax, look deeply into each other's eyes. (laughs) Sometimes it's hard to make yourself get to that point. Like, as you all know, we had a baby back in November. And of course, like any new parent, we're not getting enough sleep. You never know when she's actually going to fall asleep. In fact, as we record this, she's in the other room screaming because she doesn't want to sleep. No, she's fighting it. Yeah, trying to sleep. (laughs) But that's the whole point we're making, y'all, right? I feel like intimacy has to be intentional in your marriage. Mm -hmm. That's, again, my hot take on it, at least. Yeah. It's making a conscious decision to, okay, when I feel like saying something negative today about something, 
I'm just going to choose not to say it. I'm going to do one extra act of kindness for my spouse today, and I don't want them to find out that I did it or maybe not even notice that I did it. I just want to do it for no other reason other than I want to help them by lifting them up, right? Acts of intimacy are selfless. Yes. It is not the idea of, oh, she's so tired and old and saggy baggy, I'm going to go find myself a pretty young thing. That's selfish. Yes. I wouldn't even call that love even. That's just looking out for yourself. It's survival of the fittest rather than being intimate and intentional. And you touch on an interesting point there, not love. And I think there's a really close connection. If you take the passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, talking about how love is patient, love is kind, love does not envy, it does not boast, it is not rude or proud, but suffers all things, it endures all things. If you take that passage and think about those in the form of actions, you get actions that could be intimate actions for another person. If I may go on a tangent and put in a disclaimer, we are Christians, we're not ashamed of that. You will hear Caleb and us talk about specific Bible-related passages. Mm-hmm. But this podcast is to reach you where you are. Absolutely. And if that means you you decide you need to talk to someone about that, so be it. If not, again, that's not the point of this podcast. It's just to try and reach those that have mental health issues that haven't talked about it. And maybe to talk about it in a different light, but our worldview directly affects the way that we present things and the way that we see things. So I think it is important to bring that up. So we all know why we say some of the things that we say, things of that nature, which interestingly enough, next week's episode, I will be having the youth pastor of Temple Baptist Church coming on here. And we're going to specifically be talking about mental health and how it relates to one, the Bible to what the church's role is in mental health, and maybe even how they have missed the mark on that mm. and how it's not talked about enough in churches and things like that. So that's going to be a really good episode, y'all. And if you come that. from another religion and you want to give your two cents of mental health from your standpoint, by all means, reach out. Absolutely. Hop on there. You can email us at tngamedia at gmail.com. You can hop on our website, hit contact us, tngacast.com. I want to talk to you because, again, this isn't a religion or faith debate. It's a universal podcast. thing. Yes, it is something universal that ultimately more people need to hear and need to reach out to and get talked about. So, Now that we got that disclaimer out of the way, <laughs> back to intimacy. Yes. Interestingly, I feel like Greek and Hebrew had it a little bit more accurate with their multiple words for the word love. Agape, eros, filio, and... What was the other one? Oh, I knew this. I knew this. Agape is unconditional. Filio is, I think, love of a friend. Eros is romantic love. One other... It's slipping. Love and I don't remember. It's what. slipping my mind right now too, but I think one of the 
one of the things the English kind of misses is the depth of the differences in love there. And I think one of those more directly transmits to intimacy than the others. Agape, right? It's an unconditional love. It's unconditional action. You're not doing this with the intent of getting something back out of it, right? Mm -hmm. You are taking a piece of yourself and giving it to your significant other with the intention of bettering them directly. And I think that's what that means in marriage. Mm-hmm. And I am learning. We are learning. We've been married almost six years. Yeah, Coming up on you know, five and a half, a little over five and a half. It'll be six years. In July, yeah. And we have shared some really tough struggles. We've been through some tough patches and tough spots. Even recently, been through some tough situations. And I think stepping back and trying to reassess what does it really look like to love my spouse? Even something like we are starting to go through and reading some books and things of that nature. So intimacy in marriage might look something like that, might look different to you. I don't know, but hopefully that sheds a little bit of information on it. And of course, all of those things, we're not just talking about intimacy, right? But all of those things will positively impact your mental health toward your spouse and your view on them. And friendship is a little bit different. I think Samantha is going to speak a little bit more to this one because I don't know, maybe typical male Caleb over here doesn't have a ton of friends in the area, right? And I I can speak some to it, remote distance, maintaining relationships and things, especially with Andy, co-hosts on the podcast and everything like that. But I'm I'm curious to hear what you would view as an intimate relationship with a friend. One of the more intimate friendships that I have, those friendships have come out of my MOPS group. MOPS standing for Mother of Preschoolers, which if you know someone who's a mother of a preschooler, by all means, recommend this group to them. And pray for them deeply because they are struggling, I guarantee it. (laughs) But part of getting to that point was to be scared and to tear down your own walls and be vulnerable to others and to realize that others are just as vulnerable. And you build from that place of we are vulnerable together, but together we're okay. We have each other's back. That is a big part of it, being available for conversation when it's needed, for questions, for helping with mental health problems. I know Several people that you know and I know have some issues with their mental health, right? Yeah. And being able to have a safe place, like something like MOPS, to be able to talk about these things or be open about them is really important. And finding those people that you can be safe with and that you can speak into their lives about, I Mm -hmm. guess, is what I'm trying to say there, is super important. And even with long distance stuff, there is something to be said for even setting aside some time to be able to make a phone call or sit down and play a game together and talk about how rough or how good the day was, things they're excited about. It's the idea of empathy versus sympathy. Sure. Empathy, you get down on their level, you listen to them, you're in the pit with them, whether you know what they're going through or not. Sympathy is more like, gee, I'm sorry, you, you want a bite of the sandwich? I don't know if that would be considered necessarily sympathy. That might be 
perceived or maybe a false sympathy. Sympathy is feeling what that person feels. Empathy is really feeling what that person feels, putting yourself in their shoes. Sure, being sympathetic with somebody, oh, I'm so sorry. Would you like a bite of the sandwich? Yes. Showing sympathy might be something like that. Who doesn't want a sandwich? I would love a sandwich. I had a good one today. Actually, <laughs> that was really good. Thank you to my upper management, my job, not a sponsor. Fantastic. <laughs> but yeah, intimacy and friendships, I think, is harder to come by than intimacy in a personal relationship because of the fact that you're just friends and you're just, which I, I say just friends, okay? Mm -hmm. Sometimes friendship relationships are the strongest relationships you could ever have, but they're just different. So you find other ways to connect on a deeper level. So as we're recording this, my wife was sitting here and just split her pants. Oh, well, this was my favorite pair. Oh, man. <laughs> Things happen. Oh, no. That's not good. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> Are you done? Excuse us a minute. No guarantees. Here we go. We have shared an intimate moment with you as friends that yes. we can just laugh about and show you that we are not just some voices in a recording, but... We can laugh and laugh Absolutely. at ourselves yes. and let you laugh at our behest. Yep. And a split pants <laughs> as well. That has happened to me on more occasions than one, especially remember when I was doing auto mechanic stuff. Oh. It, I probably had six pair of jeans that I split right up the middle. Mm -hmm. It just happened. Yeah. Unfortunately, it happened. Goodbye, jeans. <laughs> so long. Right <laughs> there. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> oh, goodbye forever. Good song by Volbeat. And mm. moving on. Moving on. Spiritual intimacy. Spiritual intimacy is a tougher topic, I think, because one not maybe not as many people can relate to it. Maybe they can, but for those of you that have a relationship with God, spiritual intimacy is interesting because in scripture. It is often defined as intimacy with a spouse, that level, right? And I think a lot of leaders that read the Bible, not necessarily just Christianity, but others that use scripture, confuse that with romantic relationships versus what we've been talking about, right? Intentional time and action being spent with significant said other. So I think what it is speaking of is a very deep, I'm not going to say understanding, but intentionality. Again, there's that word intentional uh, and intent. For our listeners who don't know the scriptures as well, the Bible uses a lot of allegorical situations to make its point. And the allegory here is the very deep friendship. And the spiritual side of that is it's even deeper than that, far more. There's a song by Hawk Nelson that goes, uh, if you want to know how far my love can go, just how deep, just how wide. If you want to see how much you mean to me, look at my hands, look at my side. If you can count the times I say you are forgiven, it's more than the drops in the ocean. It's this mm -hmm. overwhelming love that no human could possibly give. 
Absolutely. And it's one of those things that's really tough to comprehend because I feel like nine times out of 10, at least in my own relationship with God, it's rather one-sided from his part, right? He is outpouring this love and this dedication to me, and I'm hardly giving him the time of day. But that just shows that sacrificial and undying love that he has for us. And maybe that's what it's talking about, is to observe the ways, counting your blessings like the old songs say. You and I had a conversation about this recently, actually. What y'all heard last week, my little short snippet on purpose and calling and Since then, there have been blessing after blessing, good things happening, and I'm just sitting here. I don't need any of this. I don't necessarily want all of this. I'm okay where I'm at. But he continues to just, this. it feels very one-sided, and I don't deserve it. And I don't, I appreciate it, and I'm thankful for it, but I really don't deserve what he's doing. It's one-sided, but it's unconditional. It's Therein lies the lesson, Mm -hmm. right? Regardless of what I'm doing, he does not do this with a condition of anything. He's just, I'm just doing this for you because. And maybe we should all try to have a similar mindset to that. I want to do this for you because. And don't tack something onto it. Yeah. Share those intimate relationships and be vulnerable with people. Be even more vulnerable with your spouse. Love everybody, right? At the end of the day, 99% of the things that were taught in the Bible come down to a very simple concept, which is love everybody. And I think that's where a lot of this comes from. And if we got into the habit of loving everybody more, Maybe a lot less people would be depressed. Maybe people would see the light. Maybe less people would take their own life. And there would be no hatred in the world. Racism would be done. Sexism would be done. And I know a lot of that negatively impacts people's mental health, some more than others. Mm -hmm. And yes, I will say a lot of groups more than others, very undue hatred and I don't like that, and that hurts my heart very deeply when I see those things. We're coming up on a very tough anniversary for both of us. We lost Mm -hmm. a dear friend to suicide Mm -hmm. some years ago, Mm -hmm. and it's still a struggle to realize he was going through some things that he did, and he didn't feel safe enough to come to anybody. Yes, and we've talked about him before, but he was the biggest inspiration for this podcast, I think, Mm -hmm. was that nobody knew, not a single person knew what was going on. And I'm not saying I'm going to be able to get this message out to 20 million people. That's not the point, but my hope and my prayer and my goal is that this reaches you, you listening right now that are struggling with this. I'm talking specifically to this one person, you right now. You need to talk to somebody. You can't let yourself feel alone because you're not. You've heard the testimonies of people coming on here and talking about it as well. 
you're getting ready to hear soon here in a couple of weeks from someone else talking about parenting and dealing with mental health. The last thing on this earth that is untrue is that you are alone in this because you are not. Mm-hmm. So I'm asking you just stop listening right now. Press pause. Call the person that you think of when I say that, because I know you thought of somebody, you know, you thought of somebody. Don't do that. Talk to them, call them, just be like, Hey, I am in a bad spot right now. You'd be surprised how much people are willing to help. And if you feel like Caleb is the one that you need to reach out to. Sure. He'll gladly listen. Shoot me an email. Um, tngamedia at gmail.com. You can reach out directly to me. I have a number dedicated to that's not going anywhere. 615-616-TNGA. The point is that text or call that. We've been there ourselves. Yes. And we don't want anybody else to be going through that. Learn from our mistakes and learn from our, albeit maybe limited, right? But life experiences. I hope you all enjoyed. We'll talk to you all next week. It's going to be a good one next week. Stay tuned. Thank you so much for listening to That's Not Going Anywhere. We're so excited to continue this journey and hope that we've been able to shine a little more light on mental health. For more information on mental health or on our show, you can visit tngacast.com, drop us an email at tngamedia at gmail.com, or you can text or call us at 615-616-TNGA. Stay healthy, be well, and God bless.